The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. I'm Andy Owens, pastor of Family Discipleship, and once again, I am joined by Dave Owen, nearly my namesake, not exactly. He's Owen. I'm Owens. Nevertheless, a sweet brother in Christ. I'm very thankful for. Dave, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Andy. Great yeah, to be here. Glad you're here, man. So you've been at Providence for quite a while. A lot of folks know who you are and know your family, but is there something you can tell us about yourself that most people in the church wouldn't know about you? Just to get to know you a little more? Yeah, just I have a extremely competitive edge about me that I, I love to win in sports and even in like church lead ball and stuff. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm playing for the glory of God, right? So if you if you are, you, you do it as into the Lord. You do it with all your might. That's right. right you do it all your might. <laughs> so I probably have had uh, some bad attitudes that didn't represent Providence that well in the church lead basketball. Have you ever had to apologize to the other folks on the I don't court? think I did. I probably repented, but I didn't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, right. so yeah. be careful if you get in a pickup basketball game. That's right. It's, yeah. It's like, I'm kind of like, hey, what's happening? But then when, it, when the clock starts, I, w- I want to win. Okay. Yeah. So All right. crazy. Well, thanks again for joining today, brother. Today we're going to talk about involving your kids in your own personal outreach. So there's a danger when we talk about family discipleship to make everything about parents ministering to teaching the gospel to their kids, right? But we don't want to give our kids the idea that the gospel terminates on them. Mm-hmm. We don't just want our kids to be disciples of Jesus. We want them to be disciple makers for Jesus. Amen. So first question I want to ask is why? Like why should we intentionally think not just about passing the gospel onto them, but going ahead and infusing a passion for sharing with others to our kids, even when they're young? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think w- one of the key things there in is, is uh, we want to make disciples first of our children, but we want make to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples and that plant churches. And and so I think even for the gospel to reach the next generation, it's it's not going to be just up to the parents. I think the, the, the kids are going to have friends that the parents don't know at school. They don't have believing parents. They, they don't, don't have believing parents. That's right. They're going to have jobs. They're going to grow. I mean, so I think cultivating that at a young age, that, that that's, that's the normal, that's normal Christian living. Like first I, thing I, Jesus says in yeah. the gospel of Mark is Boom. follow me. I'll make you. Yep. Fishers and men. That's it. Yeah. And so I think I think you you've got to. I think historically, some sometimes in in the church in the last maybe twenty thirty years, it's, it's kind of taken evangelism as a program. Maybe those that can really do it well, they go do it, and and then everybody else just do a Bible study. And I think I think we need to to teach a new generation that sharing your faith is is a part of the normal Christian life. It's not necessarily just a gift. I think. The gift is is sort of the in Ephesians four the evangelist that God gives to a people that He then equips and encourages everyone to do evangelism. Sure, right? As as opposed he leads the way He leads the, the way. Church, yeah. as, as opposed to I don't have a gift of evangelism, so I don't have to do it. No, that's I don't think that's biblical. I think we we need to really encourage them, and I think if we do it in a way that it's hey, this is this is normal. It's hard. It is hard. I struggle with it, but it's this is what Christ wants us to do and he's worth it to, yeah. to be able to to tell and to, to share I think that's one of the key things is that when our kids see okay this message about uh, 
God becoming a man, dying on a cross for his enemies, rising from the dead and offering forgiveness and everlasting life to anyone who will repent of sin and trust in him. Mm. This isn't just a message we are like pushing on our kids, mm. right? When they see us gladheartedly, lovingly, earnestly sharing it with others, it demonstrates to them, no, this really is at the center of my mom and dad's life and thought and affection. Like mm-hmm. They really love this Jesus and they mm-hmm. can't stop talking about him. Mm. So we, we, I think in a sense, we, with our actions, show the worth of God That's and right. the supremacy of Christ when we, when our kids see us sharing with others. That's right. Okay. So how? Mm-hmm. That's really, you know, what I want us to talk about is what are some ways that we can involve our kids in our outreach, right? Because when you involve your kids in things, especially when it's early on and they haven't learned how to do things, mm-hmm. it's often not more efficient. It's less efficient. Right. It's messier. It's harder. But that's a part of training, right? That's you, right. So what are some ideas for how we can kind of pull our kids in and we can be on mission together as a family? Yeah. Great question, Andy. I think the first thing that we've got to do is we've got to include our kids in praying for those who don't know Christ. First step. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think, you know, we used to instill to some degree, our kids are going old enough. They can go on mission trips now, but we used to have a globe and uh, we would spin it and we would pray for nations. We would uh, use certain resources to pray for the nations but then we would start, we also pray for our neighbors by name. We, a couple of things we do in our neighborhood, if, uh, if anyone moves in, we try to be the first ones there that take them a, a big old basket of welcome that has um, a, some great harvest, fresh, the best bread. And then we try to actually make a list of the neighbors around those new neighbors so they know the names, just as a way to serve That's great. Th- those neighbors. And then... We try, uh, sort of the motto in our house is we try to invite them to our home before we invite them to our church. And so we we were trying to have them either at a cookout on the back deck or at, at the table if COVID didn't, didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? But prayer is huge. And, and Colossians 4 has really informed us. And in, in, it says to devote yourselves to prayer. And I love the way he says it. And this is what we're trying to teach our children is he says, Paul says he's writing to the church at Colossae. He says to pray to God. And again, remember Paul's in prison. And so I'm expecting Paul to tell the people at this place, Colossae to pray for him to have an open door of the, of the jailhouse to get out. Like that's what I'm thinking he's going to pray. And he doesn't, he says, pray for an open, that God would open a door for the mysteries of the gospel, for the, for the incredible story of, Christ and who he is and what he's done for that door to be open while he's in a jail. Right. And, and so we're just praying, we're trying to teach our kids. There's three things we say, pray for, pray for opportunities Mm -hmm. that God would give us opportunities, unique opportunities. Right. And, and he does it. We pray. We also pray for boldness, not arrogance, but boldness that we would, we would believe this in such a way that we would be moved at any cost to sacrifice being liked, right. Or whatever, whatever. To be able to engage in a gospel conversation, right? And then we pray for wisdom that we would, we would have a, a speech that's that's graceful but salty, and and that we would really navigate with wisdom the conversation that could be spiritual at first, and then it could get to a gospel presentation. So we don't try to share the gospel the first time we have the neighbors over. We're just trying to build and have some spiritual conversations, possibly. 
Right now, COVID, everyone's kind of talking about life and death and it's hard. And, and so we're trying to capitalize on that. But trying to, the first thing for our kids, we're trying to teach them to pray by name with specificity that God would actually rescue. Oh, rescue. Lost people. Redeem, yep. One of the mnemonics we use for praying for lost people is open, open doors for the word yes. from Colossians 4, open mouths, that's our mouths, mm. that God would help us to open our mouths and speak and open hearts, that he mm. would open hearts to give heed to the message of Amen. the gospel. So, so good. So prayer, what else? Yeah, I think getting into... Um, you mentioned you mentioned hospitality, having yeah. people over to your home. I think that's huge. I just, I think um, the, the gospel really spread in, in the first century. It's really interesting when you think about the, the Roman Empire of how the gospel moved. The Christians were so hospitable in having folks uh, to the table, engaging in, in conversations about Jesus that the Christians in the early church in the Roman Empire were considered atheists because they didn't believe in all the other gods, right? It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. And it's fascinating that the, the emperor and, and those other leaders wanted to tr- the, the leaders of the false gods, uh, all the, the false gods, to try to train those who didn't believe in Christ in hospitality because they just could, they couldn't. They couldn't keep up. They couldn't, couldn't keep up, yep. Yeah. And so I, th- I think it's really um there's some great resources out there. Rosario Butterfield has written some stuff on hospitality. Gospel really, comes with a house key. Yep, gospel comes with a house key. And so, just just being able to really be and, and and let me say this: if you if you if with our kids, we tried to be the house in the neighborhood, and I don't mean like the big house, the nice house. I'm just saying the house where the kids wanted to be. So we budgeted a little bit. We expanded the driveway. We put the basketball goal in the front yard. We got two rabbits. So everybody wants to come keep the rabbits, right? Budget, try to get a trampoline. All the kids come up. We just want to be the party house in one sense where we just build trust, excitement, fun, joy, and just be that house in the neighborhood that's hopefully shining brightly to where love and joy would be in such a way that people would come and ask maybe about the hope that we have. That's great. I think hospitality, you know, sitting around the table with people is uh, probably one of the, the just most overlooked opportunities we have to engage people in meaningful conversation. And I love, you know, when you, you were talking about boldness earlier, I don't remember the words used, but, and, you know, a brother challenged me one time, boldness is not the same as brashness, right? We mm-hmm. we can speak the truth with clarity and confidence and boldness, but with a tender and gentle heart and in a really winsome and loving way that can communicates this person. I'm sharing this with you because I care for you. I love you. Mm-hmm. So other, um, uh, other just arenas of life, whether it's sports or school or, or any other just things that you guys have done as a family to, especially you and Julie, to kind of model taking advantage of opportunities for the sake of ministry. To- yeah. I, th- I think any activities outside of the home, our kids are in the volleyball and basketball and golf and in certain sports. And, and so we, we're trying to say, no, these are all platforms. These are all platforms to engage your teammates. We, we've had the opportunity to, to lead some of their teammates to Christ. They'll be a part of that, in that yeah. gospel conversation. We try to be the parent, if it works out in our schedule, to drive the team to sure. and fro to game and so we'll just open up the gospel in the in the in the car. You know, it, it, we got you got a carload of four or five teenagers. You uh, if you can get their headphones off for a second and just be able to say, "Hey, what do y'all think about this?" and yeah. and dive into it. And so, in any of those opportunities, the party at the end of the year for the team, try to host that. Just try to just be. Uh, it takes some sacrifice sometimes to to. You have to be intentional. You have to plan. But I think if you are with those things. 
God open, opens doors. He opens yeah. doors and opens um, opportunities to, and, and just, I think one thing I could say real quick Andy, is it's a slow process to, it's a, to be patient with especially training your kids and then engaging with your neighbors. You know, so, some of our neighbors that have come to Christ, it was a uh, year long, two, three years of investment, uh, investment of yeah. dinners and cookouts and building prayer. trust and prayer covered the, all of it. Amen. Right. And so it's not, Hey, they move in and two weeks later, I mean, no, it, it takes, it takes time. That's great, man. So, well, brother, thank you so much for just sitting down and, and helping us think through ways to model a life of living on mission for the glory of God uh, before our kids and training them by, uh, by living it out before them. Thankful for you. Yeah, thanks and, for having me. Yeah. And thank you for joining this episode. Hope to see you soon on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.